Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, let's buckle our seatbelts. And we're going we're gonna to hit this. And I got to tell you, I believe God has given us such, so much information out of this book of Ephesians that it still boggles my mind because I'm still getting more stuff out of this uh, letter from Paul to the saints. Amen. So Paul truly has a, a love for the church. And it's really just a reflection of God and God's love for the church, God's love for you and I. That's what it really is. When God, God is outpouring his love and we see it in scripture. So here's what I want to do. I want to go through my text and then I want to backtrack. So we're in Ephesians 3, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. Allow me to read it. Try to soak it up. And then we're going to backtrack and we're going to plow right through this and unwrap some things here. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might throughout his spirit, through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth of depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so let me just backtrack here for a minute because there's a lot in there and we're going to scratch the surface on a couple of things that, that I believe the Lord has for his church here. Paul starts his prayer out and he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is emphasizing something here. He's praying for this church. He's beginning to pray. And it's interesting uh, when you when you talk, when I'm starting to learn about Paul here, and I didn't realize it, that Paul is wordy. Paul says a lot of things kind of over and over again. He gets sidetracked real easy. And, you, you, you know, I learned that as I've, as I've been, uh, you know, studying this. But he's getting to a point where he's praying for this Ephesian church. And again, remember, he's praying for the saints. That's you and I. He's praying for us. Now, he says he, he's, uh, he, he bows about, I bow my knees. So it's a bending. It's a, you know, it's, it's getting on his knees. And he's praying for this church, for these churches, for these saints. Now, it's interesting because when we look at praying, we can pray all different ways. Raising our hands, head down, you know, walking and all that kind of stuff. But when you start saying kneeling, you know, I look at it this way. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, I'm calling it a, an act of reverence, but it's a, it's a bold reverence. It's a bold reverence that he's saying, look, I'm serious about you guys. I'm down on my knees and I'm praying for you. This is a serious business. And if you ever come to the, to uh, Friday's 
uh, prayer and fasting, there will be people here, they're on their knees praying. They're laying flat on their face praying. There's a boldness in praying. But Paul's stepping out here and he's telling these people, this is it. It's like a, a spiritual attitude. Yeah, you can pray any, anyway. You can pray standing up, sitting down. But he's, he's making a point here right from the beginning. Now, note something here in this one verse. Because God is his father. Okay, we see that very clearly to the father. He has an attitude that he knows that God is his father. Being that God is your father, you know what comes with it? Access to God. If God is your father, you have access to God. Man, just think about that for a minute. You know, a lot of times we see, you know, I would say cut out the middleman. You know, we, we can go right to God. We don't go to anything else. And, and that's if God is your father. A lot of people say, well, God's the father of everybody. And that's not what Jesus says. You know, some is a, some the, the devil's their father. If you made a relationship with Jesus Christ and he's your Lord and Savior, you can call him God the father. You can call him God your father. But he says for this reason, if you see it there, what reason? Well, if you remember last week how God provided a way for the Gentiles. Now, real quick, we had back then the Jews and the Gentiles. You had the Jews that looked down on the Gentiles. The Gentiles, you know, they were, there's a lot of mean things said to the Gentiles from the Jews. The Jews kind of took their, their uh, position to, out of control. But Jesus came and said, hey, look, you all can be the household of God. We can all be Christians. We can all be followers of God. You're not a Jew. You're not a Gentile. We're not blending you together. Now, if you accept me, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Now you're a member of a new household, a follower of Christ. So this is what Paul is, is beginning to say even in this prayer here. Then he goes into verse 15, and it's important. A lot of these verses, they kind of overlap. He says, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now this word family means lineage. It means tribe. <laughs> That's what it means. It's saying here, if you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you are a follower of Christ. You are part of God's family. There is something interesting I read here. I just need to, I need to cut and paste it. He's, this person said, consider, consider the Lord's Supper as a sign that the church on earth is a family. Think about that for a minute. What do we do when we have family over? We eat. <laughs> we eat, you know. But even though it's, a, it's just a... It's just a thought here. When we take communion, we're taking communion in a sense that, hey, we're part of something. We're part of God's family here. This is why communion is a serious segment of this church, if you want to say it. We take it seriously. It's not just a, a ritual thing. It's a time for you and God, for you and God and the body of Christ to come together. Verse 16, that he, speaking of God, would grant you speaking of us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So he's saying something here in this one verse. He's praying that the Ephesians, that the church, that the saints would have power and they would recognize this power. That's, that's probably the biggest thing is recognizing this power because we have, we have the power within, whether we realize it or not. But the point really is, is Paul was beginning to say, man, God, he's on his knees. God, let these people realize the power that they have. 
They don't have to be weak. They don't have to lose in everything. And it says, according to his riches, it says there. Now, it's not from his riches, but it's according to his riches. You know, if you had a, if you had a hundred thousand dollars and you gave somebody ten dollars, well, that's just, that's just from the rich. It doesn't make a difference. But if you had a hundred thousand dollars and you gave somebody fifty thousand dollars, you know, or something like that, that's a little bit different. So it's not, it's something that God has and He wants to give to each and every one of us. But here's the thing: the inner man, God's strength, God strengthens us because of the Holy Spirit in us. We already got that strength. It's the Spirit that actually can penetrate into us. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, the, God said, the, the Word says the Holy Spirit indwells in us. It indwells in us. And this is where we need our strength. This is where we need to, to um, be strong in things of life. Verse 17. Am I going too fast? I feel like I'm in high gear. Okay. So verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So look what Paul is praying for, for this church. He's praying for them to understand something here, that God may dwell. We look at this word dwell, it means permanently inhabit, not just visiting. Sometimes I think as Christians, God is just visiting us. Or I should say, we're just, we're living that way. You know, God's just visiting us on Sundays and, and then, you know, God, we got it from here. God wants to take permanent resonance in your life. He wants to dwell in each and every one of us. And when he dwells in us, he becomes our king. He becomes our ruler. You know, I know there's some doctrine and thing. You say, well, once you accept him, he's in you. Yeah, he's in you. But sometimes we don't operate that we know that we got the power within us because we don't understand certain things. But being planted... Being rooted is, is, is firmly fixed. That's what it means here. It's not wavering. It's not when the trials of life come, then you start going this way. It's kind of like knowing that God dwells in you and he's firmly fixing inside of your life. He's being solid in your life. Verse 18, it says here, may be able to comprehend, again, remember this is a prayer, with all the saints that is the width and the length and the depth and the height. See, God is able. He's, he is able. He, is, he, he can force fully. It's not like uh, maybe he can't, uh, maybe get a little. No, he can do it. He can get into our lives to comprehend. We got we to gotta comprehend means to, to take seize, to, to uh, seize, take a tight hold. The arrest in a sense. So we see here that maybe that we would understand the full force that God has to take control of us. And you know, that's a real prayer. That's a real prayer that, you know what, man, know what God's got for you. Know what God's got for you. You know, he's got it. We got to comprehend it in one sense. And we got to know that he's got the strength to do it. I'm on verse 19, am I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, as a believer, one of the things that marks our identity is love. It really does. You can't say that you're a Christian and you don't love. The Bible is, is, is saturated with love. 
Jesus says, hear how important it is. Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment is to love God. Then he goes on and says here, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We see the love thing is so important. It's so important to kind of to, uh, to complete the circuit, if you will. One John says this, for God is love. I love using this one little piece of verse when I, do, when I do weddings. Not all the time, but I use it quite often. And I'm saying the point here. Hey, if you want, if you want to have a successful marriage, God's got to be in on it. Because he was the creator. He designed marriage. It was his idea. And God is love. We know that the attributes of God is love. We know that. You know, for God so loved you and I and everything. But we also see here that God, he is love. Then we also see in this one verse here, there's some type of, um, there's some type of measurement taking place here. The love of Jesus has a dimension, if you will, that can be measured. God's love is wide enough to include every person. Every person in this universe, God's love can go that far. If you believe there's life in other planets, God's love can go that far as well. God's love is long enough to last for eternity. Eternity is forever. It's forever. This is God's love. God's love is deep enough to reach the worst sinner. We know the story of, of the uh, good criminal on the, um, on the cross. God reached down. So God's love can reach down to each and every one of us. Doesn't matter what you've done. God's love is high enough to take us to heaven. Praise the Lord about that. So it's interesting because, you know, one of the, one of the important things in life, this is, this is important, but there's more to it, is to make sure you're going to heaven when you die. Make sure you're going to heaven when you die. It's not if you're a good person. I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. No, that doesn't work. Your goods don't outweigh your bads and you get to heaven. God makes it very clear there's a way to heaven and we have to make sure we get, to, we get there. This is what church is all about, is encouraging each other and challenging each other to make sure that you're right with God. Then we get into verse 20 and he says, Now to him, speaking of God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. There we go. According to the power that works in us. It's like I got the control here. My hand's on the throttle. How much am I controlling God's work, the work within me? It says here, he who is able. It's, it's meaning this, that he has the ability. God has ability to, to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. We have this power, dunamis, most people know what this word means, but this is where we get the word dynamite from. So we have access to power within us, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, I wonder sometimes in my life, do I really have, what's my level? Excuse me, I'm sorry. What is my level, what's my gauge of the Spirit of God in me in a sense that I'm operating in? Let me put it to you that way. I know there's, you know, I'm not trying to be theology too, too technical here, but how much power am I operating out of? How much power am I using with what the Holy Spirit is with me? How much power? According, he's about to do a whole lot. He's able to do a whole lot. How much? 
Well, how much am I tapping into? I think we just seen here the power that God has given each and every one of us. Ephesians, <laughs> church, that's what it's, what it's all about. But I think really recognizing the strength of the Holy Spirit in us will give us the results, the godly results, will give us results in our lives. You know, when we recognize, hey, I got this powerhouse inside of me, which is God, which is the Holy Spirit, which we see in Scripture, I got to apply it in my life. I can't just not use it. Let me give you an example here. In a situation of life, either God is going to win or the devil. Now, let me backtrack here again, okay, because I don't want to get, I'm not trying to cross, uh, you know, doctrinal lines, but you understand what I'm trying to say here. We are going to allow God to work or we are going to allow the devil to get victory. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's up to us. Are we going to continue to get pounded? You know, we have the power within us and we're just going to continue to get pounded by the devil. It's up to you and I. I think sometimes I would say this. We can be weak Christians. Maybe the, the answer is, another thought is, we can be uneducated Christians. Christians who just don't know the power that's within us. We don't understand it. We don't realize it and we don't learn it. We don't question it. So you know what? Hey, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, no doubt, but I'm getting beat up the whole time. You don't have to get beat up because God has downloaded this to us. And it's not until we get educated, we begin to live in it, we begin to operate in it, begin to use it, then we can say, you know what? God's for us. God's for If God's for me, who's against me? Now, don't, don't misunderstand me here because there are times we're going to have battles. We're going to have big battles. We're going to be clobbered over the head. You know, God's, God tells us we're going to have trials. We're going to have situations. But God also says, I'm not going to leave you. Just stick with me. I'm going to get you through this. And, you know, there's, there's evil forces out there that's coming against us. So God's power is at work within us, or it can be. We don't have to lose a battle. Now, in verse 21, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me put it to you this way, and I'll just put it in plain as could be. Since God is in us, since God is working through us, since God is making the victory happen, the glory's got to go to him. It's not anything that you've done other than you said, okay, God, help me out here. Okay, God, let's get through this. You know, we do have a, we do have a sense of a control in, the, control in how much we're going to allow God to do the work or how much I'm going to allow Dom to do the work. But regardless, we got to get to a point where we give God the glory. And let me tell you something else too. Give God the glory while you're still in the battle. Don't wait until it's finished. Hey, I want to thank you, God. You know, we did all this. No, give him the glory while you're in the battle. Don't give up. Okay, I'm going to start concluding here. Many of us met the, met the Lord a long time ago. Many of us maybe been recent. Many of us may not have had that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I was born and raised religion. Religion's not going to get me to heaven. Religion's not helping me here on earth like a relationship with Jesus will. But the question is, how deep are your roots? We talked about this. How deep are your roots? Why is that important? Because this is what's going to determine how you're going to fight the battles. This is going to determine how long you're going to fight the battles. This is going to determine if you're going to win the battles by getting them roots going down deeper. And I say this, we can stand at this point here. 
Whoever we give the most real estate to controls us. Whoever we give more real estate to, what am I talking about real estate? I'm not talking about your backyard. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real estate in your thought life and what's going on in your head. How much real estate, how much credit, I hate to say it this way, how much credit are we giving the devil? Where are we at with all this? You know, as much as you give to the devil, he's going to win. And you know what? Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not crossing lines here. God always wins. God's never the loser. But we don't have to get pounded. We don't have to get pounded in life because we have the power within us, the Holy Spirit. It's necessary that we know things of God. It's necessary to know it's necessary to know this, these couple verses that we just talked about. And it's necessary to uh, start applying them in our lives. It's necessary. Not just Sunday morning, but all the time. Apply God's strength. And as you're going through something, tap into the power that God has put inside of you. Paul's crying out. He's praying, God, for the Ephesians to know the strength that they have inside, to know the power that you have inside of us. This is not religion. This is, this is understanding the basics of what God has provided. You know, so many of us, all of us, we spend so much time in our lives taking care of our outside. <laughs> you know, whatever it may be, hair, whatever, you know, weight. I'm always on this weight thing. I'm always up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down with this thing, but I'm always concerned about it. When we're all concerned about our health, without a doubt, our physical being. But we see in this scripture right here that Paul's saying it's about the inner. It's not the outer, it's about the inner. I heard something just last night, at least I can't remember who it was, I think maybe David Jeremiah. But he says, it's so important to, to nourish our inner spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we live in a pressurized society. Now again, you know, this is examples here. It's like, it's like being underwater, he was saying. And we're, if we're empty, we're gonna, we're gonna collapse. <laughs> we're gonna collapse. We live in a pressurized, a whole lot of pressure in this world. This is why we gotta be filled up with the Holy Spirit, God in us, to give us that strength when the, when the pressure's coming. Because you know what? We all got the pressure. I don't care who you are. We're all dealing with pressures of life. But don't let the devil win out. Don't let the devil win. Don't give him territory. Realize the power that you have in Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to boldly pray. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for this power, for this strength, for all of us to understand and we operate in it. Lord, I pray that we be sensitive to the works of the enemy in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we give him no place in our life in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that we just be more hungry for you, Lord. Father, we go deeper. We get educated. Lord, we understand we listen to you. We get rhema from you, Father. And Lord, I pray this for this church here in Perry Hall Family Worship Center. Lord, that you would continue to show yourself in our, in our physical being, in our marriages, in our children, in our jobs, in our finances, and in our mental stability as well, Lord. Father, the power, the strength that only comes from you, we don't understand it. We try to understand it. We can't understand it. But Lord, I pray this blessing on each and every one of us here today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. 
This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great day.